0: Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Monday through Friday is when we do it. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food producers and food consumers. Kind of spoils the guy, Hank, where we can just sit next to each other and pontificate about life's important aspects as opposed to using some telecommunication model. Hank Vogler, North Spring Valley, Nevada. Newsflash:
1: uh, The snow's melted on Eureka Summit. You could actually get through there now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got a nice video that at some point in time is going to come in handy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's
1: some sort of a a a, a bribe or a conspiracy. Yeah. That somebody got us
0: in the snow. <laughs> I sent uh, Rex Tenager a picture of you, st- uh, of me standing on the side. Watching you dig out a pickup, and I sent to Rex, and I said the caption something like this: "I'll stand here on the side while Jim digs the pickup out of the snowbank." <laughs> Marlon Perkins. Yeah, and then and you taking pictures
1: of those Mustangs hanging out of the pickup. That was pretty funny too. I haven't shared that
0: one yet. Was that illegal? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I I guess one way to find out
1: the sad part of it was, is uh, even since you've been gone more and more dead horses are just showing up everywhere. I I don't know what the formula is, but when that snow breaks, that's as vicious as they, they fight all winter long to stay alive. And then when it breaks like that, I guess there's no power in the green grass or they chase the green grass and they don't get enough to eat. I don't know what, but they're, They're just, I mean, it's ugly.
0: I have had so many conversations about those horses in the past week because people hear the broadcast and then they're like, why are they dying? And and just, I have walked through your horse management area and the numbers. I can't tell you how many times since I left North Spring Valley, Nevada.
1: Wow. It's just, uh, well, and you know, I mean, the deer may be in trouble too, they say, and and any species that has to go through that it's called management, you know you've gotta you gotta do something or nothing and and I guess nothing was the answer, but uh i it's pretty cruel,
0: yeah, well, I can tell you it is unnecessary and, and then you, you can't even explain it, and this is stuff you've been dealing with forever, but you know now I'm your new uh public servant. No, I'm not new. I'm 18 years going. Uh, the good news is you don't pay me. But anyway, um, it's like, well, well, how can he be anti-horse? Uh, nobody on the Western Range is anti-horse. It's about pro-management. You, you can't seem to create this line between where they, you own animals, you manage animals properly. It's not about eradicating. It's simply about managing them to the best interest of the horse.
1: Well, and without pontificating any more than I usually do, we started this country to give the individual, ordinary people the upper hand. And that was because of states' rights and all of these things. And we cannot continually, whether it's the First Amendment and free speech, the Second Amendment, uh, the right to bear arms, or... The 14th Amendment, Equal Footing Doctrine. All of these things were done. If you go back everywhere in Nebraska and look back far enough, the federal government owned Nebraska or the Louisiana Purchase or whoever, but somebody owned it and you got a title to it, and it went down through all of this time. Same way with these range rights. No, I do not own the ground, but I have a kind of a, a, a split estate. Mm-hmm. The right to graze. I mm-hmm. paid money for that. Other people have paid money since they made the Taylor Grazing Act. Even prior to that, <clears throat> there is maps showing the meets and bounds of the permits that go back when we were the Utah Territory. Everything, all of these things were done, and then oh, King's X will let this little group in. Oh, King's X will let this little group. Okay, fine. You want some wild horses, which was actually a confiscation of private property. They belonged to people. They belonged to ranches. They used to run lots of horses in this country because of the distance from water. But they were managed and controlled. And they had specific results in mind. All of these things. And then through propaganda, nothing more than vicious prop. It's vicious now. That it was just so innocuous. We're just going to have a few horses. We're going to make them the symbol of Nevada. We're going to do all these things. We can't keep doing this. Or pretty quick, it's going to be. Well, we don't need those ranchers out there. They're they're producing something that we shouldn't be eating. Uh, let's let's get rid of them. Well, let's get rid of the hunters too because they got guns. Let, you know, let's get rid of everybody except oh natural. Perfect, perfect society. A lot of people came to this country for perfect societies along the East Coast, failed, and eventually we had a republic, not a democracy. The founding fathers hated the idea of a democracy. They called it mob rule. They said it was the same as two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for dinner. Mm -hmm. It's a republic. Each individual state should be able to manage its own business. The federal government should be minting coin, protecting our borders, <laughs> maybe delivering the mail, a few things like that. And and it's out of whack. It is completely out of whack. Okay, I quit.
0: In this vein, <laughs> I, I see a very interesting scenario taking shape. And that scenario is that First, there was a, an attempt, and you were on the forefront of this, You, not you, but because of where you're at and what you're doing, there's an attempt to demonize the cow as being anti-planet uh, healthy, that the cow is part of the environmental degradation. And that happened for quite some time, and it's still happening for the most part, but I'm beginning to see a shift because the same people who've been demonizing the cow and being environmentally degrading are now talking about, and this started March 3rd when I really started seeing it, so it's really new, because you remember I read to you the Department of Interior, Order 3410, which walked through how important the grazing animal is to biodiversity, to plant growth, carbon sequestration. Overall health is is dependent upon a ruminant an animal, be a cow or sheep, whatever the case may be. But now all of a sudden, Hank, the cow... That is owned by somebody Is the problem The cow that is wild In the rewilding phase Now they're beneficial to the environment So it all comes down to who owns the cow Whether it's good or bad for the environment
1: Well uh,
0: Buffalo you know when they
1: break wind uh, It smells just like uh, Chanel number no. 5
0: <laughs> And they pee rosewater. How do you know what Chanel they- number no. 5 Smells like my
1: wife uses it.
0: <laughs> I I think it's expensive. She
1: she won't tell me how much she pays for it. I'm telling you, it is, this is, it is this, all this stuff belongs in. You remember Mad Magazine? Yeah. This stuff would fit Mag Mad Mad Magazine and, and and the kids would be getting a laugh out of it and so would the adults. I mean it's so insane. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, okay, put all the buffalo back. But but you gotta take Trent Luce's deed to his farm away in Nebraska, because yeah. that's where most of them were at.
0: That's the problem. I think
1: when they stumbled into Nevada, it's an accident.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, it's just nuts. Well, hey, here's the deal. The Indians were running them off of cliffs, and the ones that survived just kept running, and they ended up on the other side of the mountains.
1: <laughs> I, I guess that's right. I mean, wow, you talk about, you know, a fairy tale. I mean, you talk about, well, let's let's go back. Well, Okay, let's send everybody back to Europe, Africa. My
0: well, I, actually, I think that's stuff. their ultimate plan right there. I really do. Uh, well, if they
1: want to stop the world's population, they got to hand out three televisions. That's <laughs> the only answer. That'll control population. The old man will fall asleep in front of the TV. <laughs> And the number, instead of having huge families, there'll be, you know, maybe one kid when he's still under 25 or something.
0: I don't know. Yeah,
1: well. I mean, uh, that just uh, makes as uh, much sense as the rest of this crap. My, my TV
0: <laughs> hasn't been on for a year and a half. So there, Hank, we're all about, we'll be back with more after this. Well, you- right off the bat today, we're going to talk about Protect the Harvest. It is about protecting the harvest. A free and fed America only happens if there's a planting, a cultivation, management, and then a harvest. And that could be involving our food. It also involves everything in life. It requires planting seeds, cultivation, and harvesting. I understand the harvesting thing sounds a little tough. Go to the website, protecttheharvest.com. You'll see how you can empower yourself because at the end of the day, in order to maintain a free and fit America, it resides in us, each one of us, to do our part, to take a stand. For far too long, we've stood back and thinking these commodity groups are going to take care of it. I'm a member of this group. I'm a member of that group. We'll go. There you have representation. That's not enough. They're not getting it done. You and I need to stand up and be the representation. Protecttheharvest.com for details. Welcome back. Roll out, Trent Luce. Uh Hank Vogler, who I am negligent because last week when we were together, I had an assignment from Robert Farnham at High Plains Cattle Supply, Brush, Colorado, and I failed in the one assignment that he gave me. So I'm going to ask you now. Uh, Robert kindly gave, was giving me a book about Bill Kittredge. You know him?
1: Bill Kittredge, if it's the same one that I'm aware of, he's the one that Saw the advantage of, uh, digging some canals in the valley that, uh, yeah. is between Adele and Denio, Nevada. It's in Oregon and, uh, built an empire, cattle empire out there. Uh, my granddad, I'm, I'm sure knew him. And then the, uh, further to the west and then up towards, uh, uh, Silver Lake and, and in there and the, and still in eastern Oregon. There was a ZX, which was a very large ranch too. And then my granddad's ranch, which was privately owned. It it was private ground. He traded out all of his forest permits and BLM permits and everything to, uh, I guess, you know, in his mind that, uh, it was going to be an issue. And, uh, he kept purchasing private land. So he had, he had about 120,000 deeded acres in a block. But those ranches were bigger, but they were incorporated with the BLM and I think Forest Service and even Bill Kittredge may have at one time even run uh,
0: in uh, a wildlife refuge. I'm not sure. Okay, But it's a huge yeah. ranch. Which leads me to the next discussion. And my, my only regret, and it's not a big one because I can still fix it, when I left your place, you know, I came and I found my new favorite spot in in nevada and that's borderline Inn. that looks like a great place to hang out with all those old bass sheepers up on the wall and uh, rumor has it there's a picture of hank vogler up there i didn't see that one but i'm gonna be back
1: my my boots i think my boots as far as i'm not considered part of the old crew so i they took a picture and my boots were in
0: it so (laughs) (laughs) and then i went the
1: master ceremonies of that thing for since it started I, I've missed twice once because of my surgery and once they didn't have it because of the COVID
0: so alright well let me yeah. tell you what as remote as that place is when you start not having events because of some disease in that remote area you know that there's somebody pulling somebody's leg alright so anyway I leave there and I come over to Delta and I come into Delta and I see all all this water development, and I can tell there's some serious planning and irrigation that's taking place because you're pretty much in the middle of a desert. I mean, it is the desert. And then you come into Delta and you got green everywhere. So I just literally just stopped in a dairy and I said, hey, I want to do a story on this. and But it didn't work for that outfit in that given day. I have the right person to talk to. But that was developed in like 1910 through 1925. I can't imagine I'm going to restate that the innovation and and the ability of that generation to have that vision on how they can capture the water, get the water, use the water. It's just incredible. Now we're trying to tear it all down, but I just, I want to say that it's just amazing what's been put together in a time when they didn't have GPS to do all of their plotting for them.
1: Well, and then anecdotally, uh, They came in and built a coal-fired plant there because uh, I think Utah has a lot of coal. And they bought most of those water rights. Then they realized they didn't need that much water or over a period of time, the evolution of how to process coal to make energy. In fact, we get our energy over here in Nevada from that coal-fired plant in Delta. They gave the water, I don't know if they gave the water rights back, Trent, or they allowed them to use them, but there's some sort of a a, a contract thing. And, and yeah, they put it all back together. So the uh, innovation, again, like desalinization, I'm sure yeah. the first time they used desalinization was Columbus or somebody else. They uh, had to have captured water of some form across the, the ocean, I believe. I don't think they could have carried enough water to drink they they had to figure out how to heat the water up the, the and then take the vapor off and use it for drinking water so we've been desalinization for years and years and years
0: hey hey I've, the good I, news I'm is just, and you and when you and when you do that you have salt left over to salt your potatoes
1: you got it you got it mr give the man <laughs> a cigar he can be talked
0: so. did you Did you know that yeah. there's so uh, I mean anna- <laughs> there's another looming problem with shutting down all these coal fire power plants that nobody's talking about it, but me a significant portion of the concrete components coal ash ash from coal fire power plants is a significant portion of what builds concrete or what creates concrete. Nobody's talking about what happens when we don't have a coal-fired power plant, which I don't I'm not going to let it happen, but still you, there's a lot of byproducts that people tend to forget about.
1: Well, and look at the Chinese. Uh they have they build another coal-fired plant every week cuz they have coal but they don't have uh oil. And so they're buddying up to the Russians who they fought for several centuries uh over things, you know. You know that <laughs> But So they're going to create one more product that the world needs to make cement uh, and have the upper hand because we're getting out of the oil business. We're getting out of the coal-fired plant business. What in the world are we all going to do, just take in each other's laundry? I mean, look at history. The Ming Dynasty, for 300 years, they wind up building a wall that was about 4,000 miles long. Now, do you think that they convinced their people for three or four hundred years building that wall that in the years well 1971 or whenever Nixon went over to China, hey you guys, let's build this wall because it'll be a great tourist attraction in the 1921st century. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Or, or, or were they trying to keep the Mongolians from in and other tribes? from invading i mean you know i mean how ridiculous can you be Uh, there there is so only so much room on a lifeboat and the world looks at us as a lifeboat and they're coming and we are not sorting them out and and, then that's maybe a cruel term but we have to do that we have to you know we got to say, hey, go back to your own country, the, you know, change your country from socialism to capitalism, and eventually you'll have better food, better clothing, and fewer children, and you will have a little more prosperity. But coming here and, and letting our government make you into a, basically a, a pig slobbering at the trough, sorry about that, Trent, and those pigs but that's what they are. They're not, they're not working. They're not having to pay for anything. I mean, everything is just, a, it's kind of scary.
0: Yeah. Somebody needs to let them know that the lifeboat they've chosen has a leak in it.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 He's a president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. There's, he's pretty leaky as far as I'm concerned. I can't, you know, I mean, boy, it just proves that if you're a good enough salesman, no matter what product of yours is so defective, you can peddle it if you control the propaganda press. <laughs> you know, it's just nutty.
0: Yeah, something's going to happen. He's six
1: years older than me. he's six years older than me, and you know, I get my exercise by looking for my glasses all day long <laughs> and walking back and forth to other rooms. Can't remember why I went in there. <laughs> stuff like that I mean it's called you're getting older some yeah, people get older you, you, you don't have a
0: teleprompter Hank you got to think of all this stuff up on your own all he has to do is be able to be sane enough to read a teleprompter
1: and newsflash my friend Trent Luce does not send me any kind of a, a program of what we're going to talk about it just that's it it just shows up <laughs> we you, just get together and start chatting
0: you, you don't get my script every week Well, you barely get my link to get communicated.
1: (laughs) And now they're sending it to junk. Does that tell us anything about what we're talking about
0: I think you got some junk in your trunk. I think that's the moral of the story right there. (laughs) (laughs) Hank Vogler with his junk in his trunk. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the second half of Roll Route after this. And here we are in May. May is beef month. Every day is beef month for me. Don't follow the logic of the month being the day. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Certified Piedmontese. Maybe you know what I'm trying to say. Creates a tender eating experience. Brings the consumer back time and time again. If you've not experienced the difference with the tender beef, then go to the website. CertifiedPiedmontese.com. Here's the good news. This can be like a one-stop shop for all of your protein supplies. Real protein. We're talking about meat, animal protein. From lamb, to beef, to pork, and the sausages. It's all smoked stuff from the smokehouse. Certified Piedmontese now in Lincoln, Nebraska, has a tremendous smokehouse. And the products coming out of there have been just raving reviews. People are smoking hot about the smokehouse from Certified Piedmontese. Check them out yourself. Details at CertifiedPiedmontese.com. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside Hank Bugler checking in from White Pine County, Nevada. Uh, We got news from White Pine County commissioners last week, but before we get to that, I'm going to put, you always have all this trivia stuff and these facts, and I try to prove you wrong and I can't do it. What percentage of the brain is made of fat? (laughs)
1: Like 99% of it, it's really high. That's what it is, is fat. And if you take fat out of your diet, duh. well, I wonder what happens. Get dumb real quick.
0: <laughs> and I can't sneak up on you in any way, shape, or form. Two-thirds of your brain is yeah. fat. Yep. And of that two-thirds, 20% is a DHA fat, which basically is <clears throat> most commonly associated with omega-3. And Dr. Georgia Ede is getting more attention this week. A psychiatrist, Harvard, tra- Harvard trained psychologist, who actually says that. Wait a minute, psychiatric psychiatrist. Yeah, I don't think you want to confuse those two. It's like telling an, a dietitian they're a nutritionist. Anyway, that just distracted from the story. You cannot get fats you need for omega threes from plants. In fact. Georgia Ede goes so far as to say, and I've had her on this very program, it's been too long, I need to get her back. But what I really wanted to get to, Hank, is that we know, I mean, last week you're talking about flushing ewes and doing all these things nutritionally to get them to cycle better and better reproductive performance and all of this other stuff. She goes so far as to say that pregnant mothers who do not consume enough fat and have a deficiency of fat consumption, particularly the DHA fat, during pregnancy their kids may not have the ability to overcompensate for that. Think about the I'm not surprised. The, think about the fat craze and how we've had people avoiding fat for how long. And you know that mo- most pregnant mothers, they all think they're getting fat when they're pregnant. So they, what do they do? They reduce their fat consumption, which is the absolute worst thing they could do because fat doesn't even make you fat. No, actually... Uh
1: refined things make you fat. Uh, yeah.
0: That's
1: that's the issue. And we have become a society that have are addicted to uh, processed foods. That, you know, but again, yeah, look at evolution. The uh, anthropologists say the evolution of man, and this goes back to Bill and Betty, of you know, Adam and Eve's grandparents, the met at a Grange Hall dance. Uh, we evolved eating meat and no matter where it was at we did that i mean the the, the, whether it was the buffalo in america or the cow in europe or wherever our evolution was based on eating meat and the anthropologists say our brain began to grow and have more capacity to do things after starting to eat meat the ones that lived in the areas where they had availability of a vegetable or a processed not a processed diet of course, but but more legumes or whatever did not evolve as fast as when they started eating meat. Yep. So and, yeah. it, and it's becoming more and more. All we did in the whole premise, whether you were
0: a nutritionist or what
1: you were, all you did was, okay, our diet in the 40s and the 50s and all these years Always evolved around meat, red meat. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, then all of a sudden that had to be bad. So we took it out of our diets and we have not advanced since then. And now people are starting to wake up to that fact, whether it's Alzheimer's, diseases, all car- resistance, all these things. They're trying to take it out of our diet. So maybe that's their population control goal. I don't know.
0: Look when you're are when you're a male consuming lamb and beef, there's no soy boy involved. I mean, you just don't evolve into something feminine like i we see happening today. That's just the way it is yep I, yeah
1: i am I'm, I'm sure of it and I wonder the amount of soybeans that are taken in by Asian people is huge. But yet, they seem to to be able to get around that. So there there there's a there's a foot in each camp there. So I I'm not sure, and and that might uh, just be parenting.
0: No no, Hank. Uh, yes, the Asians do consume a lot of soy, but they don't use the soy to replace the animal products. They're the biggest pork consumers in the world.
1: Yeah, that's true, and 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 it has I think a lot to do with parenting. You yeah, know, if I agree. you don't pay any attention to your kids, I guarantee you they're not going to excel in school. You have to you have to give them the incentive uh, by helping them.
0: I mean, I have a case in point. I don't need to go do research on folks in, in China. I know this guy who I've known him for 20, 20 years, and he married a lady from China. And since she started cooking all of his food, which has more of a Chinese culture than he ever had before, he's no more of a soy boy than he was before she came into his life. I, I'll introduce you to him next time I see
1: him. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could just, I mean,
0: hey, yeah. just go without the seaweed. Everything else, that's cool.
1: The seaweed's tough one on me, but... <laughs> Oh, man. I think it all boils down to the fact that with their population, with the things, they had to learn to adapt to eat a yeah. lot of things and they eat the entire pig. In fact, uh, she left, uh, quite a diet. She's in New York right now, Fleshing, New York, visiting her friends. That's where she originally came to America was, uh, to, uh, uh, become a, uh, she taught traditional Chinese dance. And singing, so uh, that's where she's at right now. So she cooked a whole bunch of stuff for me, and I have a kind of a goulash on the stove right now that has pig feet in it, and huh, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you know, I mean that's the way they 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 eat everything but the squeal.
0: That's good. They waste nothing. I just yeah. I'm just going to leave the seaweed for the fish. I'm I'm sorry, that's where it's going to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and and just like when you go to China, at least to Shandu, they have that big old table that rotates around, and mm-hmm. then you can sample different things, and they have the hot pot in the middle and all of that, and don't look at the little kids thinking, okay, if they can eat it, I can eat it, because <laughs> it won't burn my tongue off, but like, they, they spice stuff up, and the little kids are eating that just like it's candy. And you put it on your tongue, and it, and the next thing you know, your tongue looks like the laddie go on your saddle. I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> so you, you 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 have to have a good memory because when that comes by again, you know which one to avoid the second time. Take small portions at
0: first. Just a word to the caution. Well, <laughs> even the sheep know not to eat the halogen, Hank. Come on. <laughs> Unless there's nothing yeah. else there. <laughs> yeah. Once in a while, they, they
1: do make that mistake. And so do cows. You get some cows that go way up in the mountains, and, and if they don't get enough salt in their diet, you get a snowstorm, boy, they'll come boiling off of those mountains. And and if they don't have salt in front of them, they'll eat that halogen for salt. And then there they are. They kind of like they're drunk. They just kind of stare at you, laying, you know, Setting up right, and you can do anything in the world, but they're gonna
0: die. Yeah. So, yep. Well, that's what we do. We evolve by <laughs> learning what not to eat. Yep, I'm sure of it.
1: And who knows that when when prehistoric man was wandering around, uh, maybe he uh, uh came upon a carcass that burned up in a forest fire, and Uh, was hungry and ate some of the carcass and and thought, well, this isn't bad. Maybe we ought to cook meat, you know. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure that something that died would be full of maggots. So maybe you would, I don't know, they want us to eat insects now. So,
0: (laughs) you know, I'm sure when
1: you're hungry, I'm sure when you're hungry, you will eat anything. I I don't care, even uh, somebody else's flesh.
0: So, we've we've never been hungry in a day in our life. We can't relate.
1: No, no, it's it's not there. And and other people in other countries have been, and and, and they learn to adapt. And I'm sure that uh, Mikey likes it. They feed it to Mikey, and My, Mikey tips over dead. They have to get another Mikey. Uh, that's sure. I'm sure how medicines evolved. I'm sure how hallucinogenics evolved, and all of these things by somebody that was probably a slave or uh not in you know whatever and they say here eat this and oh well okay we need another slave over here who's next
0: well in the closing of this segment i just i want to continue to pound this home because number one today's may day it's may is beef month normally i would just ho-hum that as another day but The month of May, I'm going to just pound home the importance of beef. And it was Texas A&M, the first uh, taxpayer-sponsored university to do the research, to say, hey, look, wait, this marbling in beef, that's monounsaturated fat. That's actually the good fat. And now I have a belief that there's no such thing as bad fat. But clearly, monounsaturated fat, where that omega-3 resides for the DHAs, is huge. And we have to include that. And every day I find some new benefit to human health through beef tallow. Beef fat does something for people. And I think it has something to do with the, particularly when it's a grazing animal. Un, just like I still miss those lamb chops you fed me last week. They're amazing. Look at that. That's taking grass and converting into something that's amazing.
1: That's the way it works I mean and that's the way it's always worked but if you if there's only one line of thinking there's no room for dissension so uh it used to be what you were supposed to eat vegetable oil you were supposed to eat you know all these other products and stay away from meat and it ain't a working now we're getting back to the sane people I'd guess or whatever so you know I mean it's it's like that guy in Majorca staring into the camera saying there's no problem at the border. I mean, you talk about peddling male bovine fecal matter. I mean, wow. And who's buying that? Somebody's buying that.
0: Uh, nobody that's got a critical mind. We're back to the last segment of roll Ride after this. Just want to remind you that our energy supplies should be and can be, for no reason, are not reliable. Coal supplies a reliable energy supply and has for how many years? You know what? It's now cool to get a lump of coal in your stocking because we're trying to demonize it and everybody needs to have heat, not only heat, electricity. What are you going to do without reliable electricity? Well, we're fixing to find out if we move away from coal. Lignite Energy Council with details at Lignite.com. Welcome back. We're all right, Trent Lewis alongside the last commissioner commissioner to be elected to the White Pine County Commission. I guess there was two new ones elected in that last election, right? Yeah. And we're not having
1: any, well, I'm not having any fun. They want to spend six point something billion, million dollars for a bike path. Uh, you're the one that came up with the 9,000. I thought there were 7,000 people lived in White Pine County, but you said 9,000. I accept that. I guess that includes the prisoners that are out there in the maximum security prison. I'm sure it does. Uh, uh, with those 9,000 people, I asked that question. Uh, well, okay, that's about $800 per person in the county. How many people ride bicycles? Well. One of the county commissioners kind of bristled right up at me. And then there was a guy there that was, I guess, going to do the engineering on it or what. He's some kind of a bicycle riding fanatic. So that's two. So I did the math. That's about $3 million a piece. And maybe there's more. But if everybody in the county got property tax relief or tax relief, wouldn't uh, that be a, as much a benefit to the community as making a bicycle pass for a few elites. I don't know. Didn't go over well. For, uh, telling uh, you.
0: Has there ever been an impeachment of a white kind, white Pine County commissioner? <laughs> stay tuned. Stay <laughs> tuned. <laughs> I just thought it, that was
1: a reasonable thing to say. Well, the next lady that gets up to speak is selling uh, or is providing insurance for the, people that work for the county. So I asked her, I said, well, you heard my last diatribe. Do you think maybe I should buy some life insurance?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. But you Uh, did have uh, some fun in your county commission meeting last week because you signed a resolution that's pretty significant. I want to talk about that. All
1: right. The resolution was that we're we're, uh, signing – A document with Elko County and with no doubt with other counties that uh, says, okay, enough's enough. We want the equal footing doctrine. You know, Nevada didn't think it could generate enough money off of its state lands when it became a state and battle born. They needed not only there was a certain amount of sentiment in Nevada for. Uh, states rights and the Mason Dixon line would have gone through Nevada had it extended all the way across the state or the nation. And, uh, Lincoln needed the silver, uh, to help finance the war. So all of those things together, we never bothered to take state lands. And the old joke was that every horse and dog in Nevada, you had to have a hundred thousand people, I believe, in order to, uh, get a, uh, um, Statehood or, or even asked To be a territory So I don't think Nevada had that But anyhow that's how it happened And now a resolution has been Signed to send the Government packing and, and give us The same rights that Nebraska Has Texas wouldn't join the union With federal lands The only federal lands in Texas Are lands that they have Purchased for needful Forts and buildings Period and, and that's all Nevada's asking. And of course, it's an uphill battle, but uh, things are strange too. Eastern Oregon is trying to get out of Oregon. Uh, you know, things, times they are changing and, and these are constitutionally guaranteed things. I believe that we should be, uh, not should ignoring it. We, you know, I mean, find, you could find a mine that had gold nuggets as big as road apples. And you're looking at five ten years, and then the extortion shows up. Everybody says, "Well, if you'll buy buy some cattle ranches, and uh, give us the give us the permits so we can protect the sage grouse." Well, no, the ranchers have been <laughs> protecting the sage grouse for a hundred years. What's, what's the matter with you? You know, but no, no, we want that, or we won't sign off on it. You got to go through the NEPA process. Everybody can, can, for the cost of a stamp and an envelope, can protest. Uh, uh, there's always four or five. Di- I mean, it's just bureaucracy after bureaucracy. Nothing gets done. It's nuts.
0: I do it have. It needs to change. I do have the original letter from Elko County Commissioner Rex Steninger, and I read that letter, and it, it goes. This is a not just a county out here on its own signing a resolution. As you said, you're partnering with Elko County, but you have an elected official who has said that if 17 counties issue a resolution, he'll sponsor and champion a bill to get these federal lands in Nevada back to Nevada control. That's a big deal. Which means you should be calling you all your friends in and, other counties and to course. make sure they follow suit.
1: And you know, the uh, proverbial uh, herd in the punch bowl would be Clark County. Uh, they pretty well control the BLM. They get anything they want. And if the state gets all the federal land, well, they also control the legislature in Cartoon City, uh, Assembly and Senate. Because what? Uh, Governor Lombardo... Uh, corrected me. It's like seventy-six percent of the population is in Las Vegas, but I threw in uh, Perrump and part of Nye County that is not in Clark County, but their uh, enterprise is all based on pretty much uh, Las Vegas. So it's it's tipped over very bad towards Clark County, and and the Democrats pretty well control it, and. Uh, Maybe that will be. But I think the other 16 counties, I think, have had a gut full of uh, everything, whether it's building a road, a school, or doing anything without going through a massive amount of bureaucracy based on the National Environmental Policy Act, which it, is
0: federal. It's worth noting, Hank, that – um for, for those of us in the Great Plains, like Nebraska with 93 counties, Iowa with 99 counties, that uh, Nevada only has 17 counties. So it is all the counties.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, some of them are, are some of the largest counties in the country. Nye County is huge. Elko County is pretty good size. <laughs> Lander and Eureka County are pretty small. But they were all, I believe, they. the reason they were small is that those people formed those counties because of, of gold and silver and mineral discoveries there, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you, you know most of the most of the people that work in the mines live in Elko County, but the mines are in Eureka County, so uh, uh, they've been able to champion these causes for states' rights also, uh, and uh, just because they have the money to do it, uh, White Pine County. We had the old copper mine, and uh, maybe the sentiments are a little different. Uh, And I bring up stuff, like under public comment, I thought was the proper place to put it. I said, you know, instead of building this tube from the top of the mountain to the bottom, using coal-fired plant in Delta, Utah, to pump the water up there, and then the pump storage or whatever it is down the tube, we already have a pipeline that comes out out of Duck Creek that comes around and comes into McGill, uh, put a pelton wheel in it and create electricity there. There are other creeks close to power lines in Spring Valley and other places that they could create probably as much electricity and without spending more money and energy than they'd take in. So I brought that up under public comment. And everybody kind of looked like a deer in the headlights, you know.
0: <laughs> I refuse to
1: I refuse to uh, talk to the people that are putting in that pipe because I'm scared to death from all the rumors that uh, their influence is is not what we need. And so I said I'm not going to speak to them unless they come here to this meeting to where everything's recorded and mm-hmm. uh, on the microphone. That just it just doesn't seem right to have them, you know, and, and they did their background check on me. They knew where I lived. They knew what I did, I mean, everything. So I just kind of, uh, I guess I'm just.
0: Well, they might uh, know where you live, a... but they couldn't find it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. GPS goes, what? Where? <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, I mean, just stuff like that. Uh, and I remind my county commissioners in 1988, I was, I believe, or 89, Bert Paris asked me to complete his term on the N4 grazing board, and I've been on it ever since. We were not connected with N5, which was Lincoln County and Clark County and part of Nye County. We were strictly pretty much White Pine County. We had $176,000 to deal with, and that was money that we got from generation from livestock grazing on the public. It was like 12% of what came in. The county got part of that. Uh, actually, the BLM, I think, got the smallest portion of it. It was for the administration. And this is all goes back to the original Taylor grazing. Now, today, 176000 We did not have the monies coming in from Lincoln County or Clark County or the, or the people, anything. Today, N4 grazing board, N5 grazing board combined had $32,000. Wow. Yeah. And that's all from from receipts coming back yeah. from the Bureau of Land Management. So go ahead and tell me that there isn't a, a, a something going to eliminate public land grazing. And then gee whiz, if you just track all these new NEPA processes, all these new things, FLIPMA and all these things we had to do, and the fact that the the federal government back in the 80s just had a, a juggernaut to eliminate public land grazing, cut 50, 60 percent, and then, of course, allowing 30 percent cuts. And then look at the ex- absolutely skyrocketing amount of country that has burned, absolutely burned we're, to the ground, huge, huge fires.
0: We're going to so spend more time on fire.
1: That's terrible.
0: Yeah, but mismanagement. Now, but now we're we're done with that for today. Next time, and I'm going to contact Clark County Commissioners myself. I'm going to feel this out. I want to know where we're at. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban for Hank Bogart I'm Trent Luce. Both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a roll route. Convinced by the end of this month, May being Beef months. people around the world are going to understand how important the cow is the human health, the planet health, and life in general. You know, the things that I talk about are things that improve life and improve the ecosystem. Just think about it. Who can, in the right mind, think that a cow who grazes cellulose material, something that grows in abundance and creates health, could be a bad thing? It's only a good thing. And then you eat the cow, which is the most nutrient-dense food substance on the planet. Details about all of the, all of this works and how you can get the protein plethora in your mailbox. CertifiedPVMontese.com.